Welcome to Between the Fur. I'm Ken, and as a professional mascot, I need professional costumes, right? People always ask me, who makes your costumes? I tell them Alinko Costumes in Salt Lake City. Alinko makes just about everything for me, and they do an amazing job. Alinko not only builds costumes, they have a design service that's free, and they also service their costumes as well. However, now the largest and oldest costume company in the U.S. just turned it up a notch by bringing on my friend, John Absey, formerly the Jazz Bear, to help with product development, processes, sales, and quality control. Hey, if you need a costume done right from the very start, don't waste time or money. Call Alinko. That's spelled A-L-I-N-C-O and get it done right. As a professional mascot, one of the hardest things is finding creative props and toys to use while you're performing. It's hard unless you visit the store at GameOps.com. My friends over at GameOps.com have dozens of mascot-related products. Okay, here's an example. You're working on a proposal skit. They have a giant engagement ring prop to make the joke even bigger. There's plenty more at the store, so visit the store, GameOps.com, and take a look. It's awesome, man. They have everything. Check it out. Okay, I'm back. Okay, Kirk Johnson, welcome to the studio of Between the Fur. <laughs> it's pretty nice. Thanks for having me in. You like it? Yeah. Yes, it, I like the shag walls and yeah, all that kind of stuff. Check it out. You know, mirror ball. Yeah, that's right. Coming in. Yeah. Uh, well, welcome, man. Hey, thanks a lot for coming on. I appreciate uh, your time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Man, uh, I've been looking forward to talking to you for a while now. You've been on my list. Uh, it's certainly my honor. Thanks thanks for inviting me. I feel feel privileged after I've listened to the legends that have been on your show. So thanks, thanks for giving oh, me a call. Well, everybody loves and respects you and your work and what you contributed to the NBA and, and what you're still doing now. So let me do a little intro here. This is Kirk Johnson. Holy who used to be Skyhawk for the Atlanta Hawks. And uh, give me the years. Uh, my first year was 1997 and uh, 12 years later to 2009. Uh, I was the second Skyhawk. I don't know if you remember that, but Bill Ross oh. was Skyhawk. Yeah. No. From 96-97 season. Okay. So forgive me, uh, Bill, when you listen to this, but I, I didn't know that. I maybe have, maybe I spaced it. Maybe I just didn't uh, remember that, but, oh, I didn't know that. And uh, yeah, I think it was, you know, he, you know, he's a Philly guy and, and uh, went to Temple. And I think when the, when the opportunity came to, uh, to go up there and be with the, the 76ers, then uh, that was uh, good timing for him. And it worked out well for me too. Wow. Good deal. So how did you how did you start? How did you get uh, to be in, uh, you know, to, to to take his place? How did that all happen? Well, I, I was an Arizona State gymnast as well. Now, uh, I came in five or six years after the guys that that kind of, uh, you know, uh, blazed the trail that Bob Wolf and uh, Mike Zerillo and Paul Lenny and those guys. Uh, you know, I was Burrell, a freshman in 19. Right. Um, you know, and, and so those guys were all mid 80s, you know, kind of late 80s guys. And so uh, I had heard about all of them, but I didn't know any of them personally. And in about 94 or 95 or so, uh, Bob injured his shoulder in Phoenix. 
and he needed some dunkers to come in and, and kind of, uh, you know, we would, we would do some cool tricks and then go off the backboard and he could dunk, but he, you know, he was pretty limited. So he'd finish off our, our dunk routine and, and stuff. So, so I got to know a few people that way. And then kind of just through the grapevine when the Hawks were looking for someone, um, you know, a word spread through the league and I got a call from someone that said, Hey, you need to send, send in a videotape. Um, and, and so I, I put together an old VHS copy and, uh, did some rough editing and, and sent it in with a, you know, a note and, and, um, uh, they had a tryout for three of us and, and I, somehow I got the job. So oh, that's awesome. You know, I, I remember, um, gosh, I remember all this kind of taking place. This is all coming back to me. Now I remember seeing Bob in this shoulder harness thing that looked, uh, just kind of high tech. And at the same time, it looked like something that was, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. It looked like they were rebuilding the bionic man, but, yeah, it was like you were watching Rudy, and it had it had the strings like you'd see a football, like the old shoulder pads would, you know, lace yes. together, and they'd say, you know, if you, and and uh, he was, you know, uh, grunting it out and doing his best, and and uh, and of course he could still jump. It was it was doing great and still can, but uh, it was a good opportunity for us to kind of come help him, and then of course it was a blessing for me too. Isn't it funny how things start? I mean, you just never know. Uh, you know, books that I read, uh, you know, self help books, and 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 stuff like that. They always say, say yes. I mean that movie. Yes, ma'am. I mean, it's, it, it really is mm-hmm. true. Isn't it? <laughs> it is. Because you just don't know what opportunities are going to land in your lap. And, and honestly, some of them you can't create on your own, even if you're a goal oriented driven person, uh, you know, you, you're not going to get a call from the Phoenix suns to come in and help them out and do a dunk team. It's like, how does that happen? Yeah. But, um, boy, it sure worked out good for, for me and, and created a, Wow, let's see a 20, 22 year career now. Man, that's amazing. Okay, so you came in with um, with Wayne at the time. Yes. So, yeah, Wayne yes. at the time, because uh, he was there for what four or five more years while you were there, right? Um, longer than that, about probably eight oh, or nine okay. uh, more years. He had been there already uh, 10, 12 years and established his brand and, and uh, his identity. And I was, I, I was young. I was like in my mid. I was twenty seven, so it was not really a young guy, like right out of college, but I was pretty naive. I knew how to flip and, and I could dunk a basketball, but I really didn't know anything about the mascotting world. And I came in and, and uh, I couldn't, I can't tell you how good Wayne was to me. You know, uh, it could have been a little awkward because here's a new guy who's trying to, you know, steal some of the applause and do my thing. And, and he just, he was fantastic. You know, I, when you first start, I don't, I, you know, I don't remember. I know you, you were a mascot in, in high school and college. I believe mascot college. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm a guy who was a gymnast and competed, you know, all over the country and and had this experience, but you know, you drop me off at a mall and say, go in there and entertain people while we're, we have our interactive elements up there. I'm like, what, what the heck are you talking about? (laughs) That that had to be a deer in the headlights kind of experience. Yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, Wayne was great to me, you know, uh, he just, here's what you need to do. And I just followed him around and, and I just did what he did. And of course it looked so much different because, you know, um, Skyhawk was a, a kind of a superhero looking character. And as much as I wanted to be Harry the Hawk, you know, his, his big furry character, you know, I, I learned quickly that my bread and butter was, was dunking and flipping, but I can get away with a little comedy, but uh, I was not going to be, I was not going to be a Philly fanatic or anything like that. Well, you know, that's the thing I always liked about you is when you came in, 
And just, you know, you embraced it, you accepted it for what it was, but you really did excel at it. And I, I always appreciated that. So, you know, speaking about Wayne, he's, yeah, he, you know, he's, he's an interesting guy because he's, you know, he was a, like an electrical engineering major in college and then he double majored in music. I'm like, who, who does that? You know? And so Random. he, he, he had, this, he had a really good sense of rhythm. Uh, even though <laughs> if you saw him outside a costume, you wouldn't think that guy's got really good rhythm, but you know, I knew the hokey pokey and that was about all I could do dancing wise. So I just, you know, followed him around and, and, and uh, kind of did the things that I, he, he always had this theory and you've probably heard him say it. He calls it the dancing bear theory. And it's not how well the, the bear dances. It's the fact that the bear is dancing. And so it was this permission to, Hey, if you're in costume, just, just, you know, dance. It, it doesn't matter whether it looks good or not. It'll get better. And uh, boy, that was true. I mean, it's amazing how many people would come up to me and, try to challenge me these dance off and their friend, their friends would be like, Oh, you know, and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. You know, <laughs> I know, you know, I've said this on another podcast, but a little while back, uh, I, I was at a high school and in a lunchroom with like 200 kids and ended up, <laughs> you know, that, that could be a little bit intimidating, but I ended up on a table. Uh, I pulled this kid up on a table and we had music in there and everything. And I, I just, I totally just, busted all this stupid stuff and everything but and this kid could dance and everybody was just like oh man you know you just got showed up man you just got showed you know by this by this character on this table you know and i wasn't even doing anything so and i'm you know just this little old white guy that you know barely has any rhythm and uh, anyways but you're right you know and 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 wayne is right you know he's 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 got a lot of wisdom and he had a lot yeah. of back then and and he took me under his wing as well, right, right at the beginning yeah. of my career. So anyways, but well, he, he could have, I mean, he was just so graceful, you know, could have easily just said, hey, you know, this is kind of my show or this is, you know, because he, he was really, you know, we, we were playing my first year in Atlanta. We had just torn down the Omni and we were playing uh, in the Georgia Dome. Uh, it was one of those things where they'd block off, you know, one of the end zones and, 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 and you know, it would hold like. 30 or 40,000 people, but we had like 6,000 people every night, you know, but so we were playing while they, in the meantime, they were building um, Phillips arena, which is now uh, state farm arena. But, but, you know, in the Omni, they didn't have a video board. They just had the old matrix boards up there. And so Wayne had like six or seven timeouts every night and, and uh, just really had this legacy. And, and uh, here I come in and he was just great. He just, just welcomed me right in. And uh, before long he was dunking with me and, and he was kind of allowing me to be uh, the, uh, you know, we would do comedy routines and, and I was kind of the, uh, you know, the Laurel and he was the Hardy or, you know, vice versa, whichever one. I was kind of the, the, the straight guy and he was kind of the comedian. And so, boy, it just worked out great for about, you know, nine or ten years. And then uh, Wayne went on to do his own thing. And, they, you know, the guy who does Harry now does a great job, too. But anyway, lots of warm memories. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I bet that was a fun time. So, so did you get to travel? Rarely. Uh, you know, I go to two or three birthday parties a year uh, where, where um, you know, I came out to uh, to <laughs> to your location <laughs> uh, and, I, you know, went up to, you know, would travel to Cleveland or to Indiana or to Dallas and, and do their their mascots birthday parties. And that, those were great. That's how you get to know the guys. And, um, you know, you hear some crazy stories. And, um, and of course, our mascot conference each year was was always a lot of fun. But um, now, you know, with the NBA, there was an opportunity. Um, 
you know, once, twice a year or something. I went to China one year with the NBA. I spent a couple of weeks over there. A couple of weeks. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause they had, they had some events lined up, but they were on weekends. So rather than fly us back and forth, you know, they just keep you over there for two uh, weeks. Yeah. And so uh, we were in Chengdu, which is with the home of like the panda bear. Yeah. I was just there. Um, okay, exactly. So, you know, you get to be a part of something like that and you're like, wow, this is pretty cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I was just there. It's funny that you say that. So what kind of experiences did you have in, in Atlanta? Well, it's great. Um, <clears throat> and still is, you know, we, we go to a game or two every year and pull for the, pull for the Hawks. And um, why did you leave? <clears throat> you know, uh, well, it was kind of a mutual thing. They, they <laughs> you know, we, I had started a school program with the, the Hawks had a school program and this is uh, for years leading up to, to when I was able to join it. And about 2007, 2008, the sponsorship started pulling out because of the, the downturn in the economy. And so all of a sudden the Hawks were like, Hey, we, you know, we don't have our sponsors for our school programs. And so we can't offer them free to schools anymore. And so, you know, I asked them, well, could I, could I market these to schools and try to sell them and just sell our program? And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. And so, so I was able to do that for about a year and it, it really took off. We have, we have a testing show uh, that we did and created and, um, and it just really took off. Uh, it probably did 30 to 40 to 50 shows in a couple of months there that, that we had been giving these away. And, and it was an honor to give them away. But now it was an opportunity to, to try to market and sell these. And so uh, we did. And that's that's basically how I created what we're doing now. Um, and so in 2009, the, the Hawks were, were ready to kind of uh, pay someone a little bit less than, than they were paying me, which which was an awesome opportunity for me because we I had really created um, a school program that we just needed a different character. And so uh, I think about August of 2009, we created Gutsy the Flying Fox. And uh, and that's what we do now. And uh, my wife, uh, Connie, she emcees the shows and does a great job. And so um, that was, let's see, I think we're in our 11th season Dang, now. You're like the, the Flying Walindas or... <laughs> is that the, is, is that their name anyways but yeah, that's yeah. Right, that's right, so yeah. anyways no that's 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 amazing you know i'm so glad that you were able to, to kind of just transition like that a lot of guys don't have anything to do when when you know when they want to get out of it or or have to get out of it so i, I enjoy going to schools uh probably more than games because of just the, the encouragement from the students and, and the positive messaging and and so I thought, boy, this would be fun to just do this all the time. And so uh, that's you know, what we do. It's funny because a lot of people don't realize that mascots do so much of that. Early on, I was amazed at how many shows or school shows uh, Wayne did. And, he, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I, you know, last year I did like 150. Or, I'm like, what? You know, so many people don't understand uh, the amount of schools, the amount of appearances that go on outside the games. And um, a lot of people ask me, Hey, so, you know, do you have a real job or do you, you know, <laughs> what, you know, what else do you do? And, you know, we're yeah. booked all the time, all the time. Yes, that's right. Yeah. You know, there are 500 elementary schools in Metro Atlanta. 500. And, yeah, and you know, you can imagine it's that way in every kind of major city, and then of course in the state of Georgia, there's got to be, you know, two thousand, you know, and so, you know, we would visit about a, uh, yeah, about a hundred or hundred fifty a year, and those were all during basketball season too. So, 
I mean, we were doing 20 or 30 a month on top of games. And then, of course, um, th- there's, you know, you visit some children's hospitals, and uh, which are which are great uh, to encourage those kids. And then you're, you know, you're getting these community events that people call you and they just want to have a Hawks presence there, or, you know, so. Um, yeah, you can stay busy pretty, pretty, I think one month I did 60 of that. <laughs> wow. Uh, but you know, work's a blessing too. So you, you enjoy that stuff. You just, you, you need time to do laundry yeah. for sure. Yeah. You gotta have a couple costumes. I, most I've done is yeah, like, that's right. I think five or six in one day. Um, but I've also done ones that are, you know, three hours long and those are tough, but, um, so so let's jump back to the Hawks real quick. Uh, like, how was it dunking? How was it doing skits and everything? Did you ever have any any fails? Oh, man. I'm so glad you asked that question. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's one that stands out. There's only a few guys who, who know this or remember this. But I, do you, did you ever use a teeter board? One of those, like, teeter-tire no, type, type no. things? Uh-uh. It'll scare the daylights out of me. Yeah. Well, I, uh, someone said, hey, you ought to try this. And if, just to give you an image is, you know – if you ever go to the circus, uh, you know, or you see in an old cartoon, there'd be someone standing on one side of the teeter-totter, and then you get a, you know, a couple of guys to jump on the other end, and you could fly. And uh, so I went down to Orlando and got uh, trained up by some circus guys, and we brought this teeter board in. And um, the way it worked was I would stand about the college three-point line, and then I had two guys run, and they would jump. They'd put their foot on about where the, where the middle of it is. They call that the fulcrum. They, they'd jump on that and they'd jump on the end, which is closer to the basket. And then I would kind of launch over them and, and then dunk it. And again, it was it's about the college three point line. So it was 20, 21, 22 feet away. And then of course you'd land on a, on a big crash mat. So the first couple, two, three times, um, it went pretty well. Um, it didn't get a huge reaction because the stage, the staging wasn't as good. You, you know, when you dunk off a trampoline, um, you know, you've got this whole, you start on one end and you run and so there's this build up and then they've got, you know, nowadays they've got all kind of cool sound effects and everything. And so, but this was just on one end of the court. So we thought, well, let's, let's make this a little better. Let's have the dance team uh, on one end and, and have them throw, throw some of these little girls really high and then they'd point down at me and then I would, I'd launch off this thing and dunk it. And it was going to be kind of a, a danger zone top gun thing and <laughs> dating right. ourselves. This is, you know, this is probably 98, and so it was old then, too. But <laughs> anyway, this this will make it look a little better. And so, uh, you know, we do it, and the first guy, the first, you know, first time they jump, and, I mean, I'm like uh, two, three feet short. I'm like, oh, that, that looked bad. And so I run back there, and uh, they toss the girl up high again. They point down at me, and then my two guys run, jump, and I think my knees buckle, and, you know, just because I'm starting to get nervous. And this time I'm not. So I'm starting to get some boos from the crowd. And I mean, it's not, it's, it's a pretty good boo at this point. And we end up trying it four times. And on the fourth try, my feet literally scrape the two guys' shoulders. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like 10 feet from the hoop. I mean, I'm, I'm throwing it, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so, and I, was, I wasn't even close. And I just remember, you know, we get up and the guys have to carry the, the teeter board all the way off the court. And the crowd just, I mean, it's intense. There's no like, hey, did you see that? I mean, everybody saw it. <laughs> and uh, I went to the storage room the next day, and the teeter board was gone. And my my staff had taken it and thrown it away. Uh, so they just had directives from up above just throw that thing away. <laughs> so um, it, was, it was one of those gut-wrenching moments where you're like, there's no explaining that. It was just and so There's bad. no bringing it and, back. Uh, there's no, like, redemption. There's Yeah, that's 
that's that bad. Yeah. 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 It was my poor assistants. We were playing at Georgia tech at the time. Cause again, it was kind of during those years uh, when the, when the Omni was down and those guys, there was only one entrance to the court. It was down on the opposite side. And so they, they had to carry the thing all the way back. Down oh, the, the walk of shame. And they're getting, yeah. And I just, uh, I was at at some event the next day and the guy's like, Hey man, sky hockey. What happened with that teeter totter thing? And I was just like, Oh, everybody knows. And, and, uh, <laughs> I'll never dunk again, and then, then you know, I don't think anybody remembers that except for me and my two assistants at the time. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna look on YouTube for that. There's got to be something on there about yeah. that. That's great. Uh, I've had several of those, but that's a doozy. And you want to you want to walk off and you want to like get on the mic saying, "Hey, look, a lot of work went into that." Okay, I did have it. <laughs> you just want to be able to explain yeah. it, but there's nothing. But yeah, there's sometimes you just have to, yeah. I don't know, roll with punches and go, well, chalk that one up and don't yeah. do it again. Yeah. Okay. So, but, you know, so that was, a, that was a defeat. Can I tell you back some yeah. victories? Yeah. Yeah. So we had, uh, when they allowed it, we had one of those ring of fires and I had a guy here in Atlanta. He was a special effects guy, designed one. And this thing was really cool. It was, it was propane and all kind of safety features in it. So if one of the lines came off, it would, it would cut off and be short and, and uh, wouldn't, wouldn't catch the place on fire. We didn't have to, we didn't have to spray a fire extinguisher on it. It was just like a gas grill, but it was a six foot ring of fire. And I, my guys would roll that out on the last dunk and light it. And I mean, the flames were probably two feet high off the thing. And then I, would, then I would run down and do a flip dunk through it. And I mean, every time, I mean, I, the crowd would come to their feet. It was one of those things where, I could stand in the center court and kind of try to get the crowd up. I don't know that I ever got everybody up. Like I've seen Bob do that in, in Phoenix, but um, I probably three quarters of the court would get to their feet and then I'd make it. And I literally, and you've done this in costume, literally go like, yeah. And you just, you're yelling cause you're so excited. Yeah. yourself. Oh yeah. It's a great feeling. All yeah. of a sudden that rush is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was great. And we used that for, Oh, probably five, six years. And then, then, um, you know, then something happened in right. the, <laughs> from another team that took that away. So, um, but boy, that was always a blast. And that was kind of one of one of the signature things I could do for the big games. And then uh, I, I think I was the front, the first guy to do a front flip with a full twist and dunk it. Um, now there's some guys now who do it and they do it so much higher and further, but I think I was the first guy and I, you know, I just, that was one of those things like if nobody else was cheering, I was so excited that I did it in, in a game. It was really cool. Man, I can't even imagine doing that. It, it was it was really cool. And it wasn't, you know, if you've got a gymnastics background, you could imagine it in your mind. But so many things have to go right. You have to have the right distance as you're running down the court. you got to make sure an official isn't, you know, running in your way or a dance team member doesn't get, right. you know, you know, step, step the wrong direction. And, and they're all working hard, too. And so when, when that went right, I was, I was pretty excited. So, speaking that, of but. that, one time uh, – pull the tramp we pull the trampoline out getting ready to dunk i'm getting you know everybody hyped up and i'm just you know about to run down there <laughs> i didn't notice the camera guy walk across the court Ugh. and um but i run down there and i don't know what was happening either the guy took a lunge forward with the camera or his guy pulling the the cord back for him whatever lifted it up anyways all of a sudden I've got a neck high cord right in front of me and I don't even see it. <laughs> I ran into that thing and pulled the camera guy, pulled the other guy. Oh, I was so 
mad. I was livid. Oh, it was crazy. I didn't fall backwards or whatever because it didn't really clothesline me. But uh, yeah, and you don't have a clue initially what happened. You're just yeah, like, what, what, what happened? Who did that? <laughs> and yeah, and you know, because you're focused on the trampoline, man. You're running at that thing. Yeah, and, and you're so. So, you know, of all the outside elements, you, you just don't think about that one being in. You yeah, know, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Everybody can see this is what I'm doing. Why isn't everybody paying attention? Because <laughs> it is really all about exactly. us. Exactly. I'm the show. <laughs> They're all there to see me. We, we know that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I did think of, I did think of another good fail, Tell too. Um, this one was, was on YouTube for a while. I, I don't know if you... I don't know what you'd have to Google, but, um, it, you know, if you looked up Skyhawk rollerblade ramp dunk or something, um, it used to be out there anyway. So you've, you've seen guys do this probably. Uh, no, I was the first. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, we, I had one of these three or four foot tall ramps and I, I would have guys slingshot me on rollerblades and I would, you know, dunk the basketball <clears throat> and, um, and we had it. We made it look. We made a big production of it. We had a guy from the Guinness Book of World Records come out and start measuring and all this. And, and it, you know, it was way closer than most guys do it. But we just made a big production out of it. So like, he was, he was, he was an intern in our office who's out there posing as a uh, Guinness Book of World Records guy. <laughs> and, and and had the same two guys who would they would run and and then when they got a certain distance, they would let this this uh, kind of bungee cord slingshot behind me go, and so it would push me to just the right speed and then I would dunk. Well, these guys, I think just got a little hyped up and they ran faster in the game. And so they ran, I don't know, five or six feet further. And so uh, here I come going to go in the court and they let me go. And, you know, you, you kind of have an idea what the speed should feel like. And I'm going down this ramp and I'm thinking, I'm, I feel like I'm going a little faster. And so I, I get up in the air and I'm, I'm heading straight for the glass. So I dunk the basketball and then I just splat right on the, on the glass, just like a, like a bug on a windshield. And uh, I was fine, but it looked great. I mean, I just uh, came down and I bought, you know, just a big heap. And uh, everybody was concerned about me. The medical staff came over and checked on me, but I, I was fine. But the, the dunk looked so cool because I just splatted. And, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, I got a call that night from Mark Taylor in Seattle uh, and he had already seen it. And he's like, dude, you all right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, now I'm all good. So <laughs> it was, it was a crash that ended up being one of my favorite moments because you know, it was on all the blooper reels and, and uh, look what happened in Atlanta. You know, the Hawks won this night, but, you know, Skyhawk, you know, really got, you know, and I was fine, but it looked, it looked terrible. So it was great. Oh my gosh. What I would have been doing 12, 14, 15 miles now, all of a sudden is doing 20 or 25. Oh my god! And gosh. I just and went, you, you know, yeah. And I know I, I've done this and you, but you know, the speed after practicing yeah. it a whole bunch of times, you know, that speed. And, and I, it's funny that you mentioned that because I could totally relate with that. Um, I, I actually, I actually did the same thing. I'm sure after you did and everything, but, uh, man, I can tell you that is one of the scariest, scariest dunks or stunts that I've done. Yeah. Oh my yeah. Gosh. The stuff that That's, Mark Taylor used to do up in Seattle was, that was nuts. Yeah. He did some outside. He went over cars, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I remember practicing that mm -hmm. and one of the times Oh, they, they pulled it way too hard and the position of the slingshot on my back was wrong. Somehow it just like, as soon as the, they let go, it threw me to the ground. So, <laughs> so hard. <laughs> I flipped over on my shoulder and I just like, I skid on my shoulder. 
I hadn't even rolled yet. I would just, it was, it, there was so, so much dragging. force. I've yeah. still got a scar on my shoulder from, from that, just from that slingshot. Wow. And wow. Uh, I remember practicing on our practice court and like having to, at uh, one time I had to dodge the flags that were hanging in there. And <laughs> I mean, I was, I was getting so high on this that, Yikes. oh my gosh, my kids were there watching and yeah. I, you know, my feet were probably as high as the, as the backboard, you know, in the, yeah. in the arc of it or whatever. And so you're, is it, that is just really, really high, especially when you're up there. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm not that good a skater. I mean, like I could, I can go down the sidewalk without falling down. Right, but if uh, I'm going straight. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, try to turn or cross over my feet, do stuff that like good skaters can do. And it's like, what am I doing in the air? This is just stupid. Yeah, you got to figure out how much you're you're supposed to lean forward, you yeah. know. Without, yeah, you, you know, with it, you got to be leaning back somewhat when they when they let you go. But then you got to lean into it a little bit because you're about to hit a ramp. And so all this, I was learning. Uh, I was like, man, how do I even, you know, do I lean back as I go up? Because I did that a couple times. Well, I came, I almost did a backflip. Came down, yeah. landed on my back or on my shoulders. Uh, luckily, on the mat. Yeah. And, uh, gosh, there was some close calls. There was other ones where I went, I went hard into the backboard, into the rim, uh, trying to gauge that was really tough. Trying to figure out how to, where to start from, how hard, uh, they needed to pull, where they needed to stop from running and, and all that. And, uh, I got done practicing one night for that. And, uh, I did the majority of my practicing that night. And uh, we're going home and my kids, <laughs> so funny, they were off to the side filming, you know, they were, had, they had their phones going and everything. So they're filming all this. And uh, as we're driving home, all three of them were like, you know what? We've seen you do some really like scary, crazy things, but that was the scariest. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> sorry about that. I didn't even think about them sitting there watching me fly through the air and take tumbles and land hard and, and everything. They were just like, you know, I thought they would just be used to that, but they were, they were just like, that was the worst. For it, right? yeah. 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 But yeah, that was the last time we did that. And uh, I don't, you know, uh, I think probably a lot of guys had experiences where they had one negative and they're like, okay, that's probably good. Yeah. That was a one and done for me. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one is, uh, the ladder going up to the, you know, that 16 foot ladder or whatever, doing a backflip off. Yeah. Did you make it? I did. I did. It actually took me two tries. Yeah. So did you ever do that one? I mean, that, that's just, and you know, Jerry Burrell was doing that back in the day. And then about the time I was, um, you know, it was about, about that time when I was exiting that, uh, Kevin started doing that up in, in Milwaukee and. That, yeah, I was kind of glad. I was like, because I would have felt, hey, that's got to be one of my things too. You know, I'm I, I'm an acrobat, and but it's like, I, I didn't mind that I missed that that era. Yeah, that's a scary one. Yeah, you do it. You do Just a backflip off. Yeah. Well, you do a backflip off, and well, then you're coming at the rim. What's to stop you from going in the rim or splitting <laughs> the rim? You know, going right on your head. And there's a lot of factors that are involved there. You got to. Oh yeah, I I was really sore after doing that one. <laughs> and then the impact you, of hitting the mat. 
Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, because you're still going. Yeah, you don't stop at the rim. You still, still, you still keep going. Did you, did you ever lose? Did you ever get your head caught, caught on the rim, or catch your nose or anything and ha- lose it? No, uh, no. I, I did one time um, with the character bite the rim, and mm-hmm. so, the, but the uh, the rim went all the way in my mouth and uh, hit my tooth, and like it didn't break my tooth in half. It broke the backside off of it. Like the impact was so just such that it just blew the back of my tooth off. That's crazy. <laughs> so that's the only time. Yeah, the, the last game of one of, one of the seasons, it was, I don't know, probably uh, 2006 or five, somewhere around there. I came down and I, I, I would always finish with a front flip dunk and, you know, unless we had some other kind of special thing going on, but that was kind of the way, you know, Wayne taught me early on, hey, your first dunk and your last dunk are, are the most important. If you miss the middle one, you know, it, that's okay. It, sometimes that adds to the drama. Sometimes it's not a bad thing, but make your first and your last one. And so anyway, I always come down and, and front flip dunks became to where it, they were almost easier than a regular dunk because I knew my distance and, uh, you know, I knew my run and it just, it just felt the same each time. So I came down one time and I, uh, this last dunk of the season, front flip, boom, I dunk it. And all of a sudden the arena got bright and I'm like, what's happened and I, I looked down at my feet and my costume head is laying there at my feet oh and no. I, so i had you know kind of those, uh, black screens over my eyes and so it, when my head came off all of a sudden the arena was like super bright and so i'm like uh in you know you could tell anybody you know you'd almost rather break a leg than lose your head because you know the whole how, how much we try to protect the image of the character and and uh and your identity, the identity. and the yeah and so it. i just I just fell right on my face and threw it on and, and then uh, tried to stand there. And then the crowd was like, Oh, are you okay? You know, kind of, a, they, they were trying to applause cause I made the, you know, give me a round of applause cause I made the dunk, but they were all kind of like, did he just lose his head? And, and then one of our uh, players, I think it was Wesley person at the time came over and put his arm around me and he said, man, I always wondered what you look like. <laughs> and so, so I said, okay. And I just ran off the court and that, that was the end. And it was like, uh, it was the last, uh, that was my last moment of that season. I remember thinking, oh, what a way to end a season. Uh, I was just telling somebody the other day, you know, you always want your last game of the season to be one of your best because you got to live with that the whole summer. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's funny. N- n- years later, it just all goes in that memory bank of, you know, hey, this funny story. I know it's so dramatic at the time. But let me tell you a couple of funny Wayne, Wayne Jordan stories. Yes, uh, please. He's, he's our brother. We know him and love him. And, uh, but I don't think he's told these stories on, on, on your show. But, um, you, you know, kind of one of the classic Harry the Hawk moves is to stick a basketball in his beak or um, he'll come up uh, to, to a kid and look down and kind of put his beak over the top of their heads. And, and, and Wayne would look out uh, his beak. Uh, he, you know, he's kind of got a screen and his, and his mouth is wide open. And so it was just perfect. Uh, it was a great prop for him. He would always you know, someone would come up and hand him something. He just throw it in his mouth. And it's just a really funny uh, look. And so he, he told me one time that he was at a outdoor event and uh, someone came up to him. They were interacting with him and they had a small dog, like a chihuahua or something. So Wayne grabbed, reaches down, grabs a chihuahua and throws it in his beak. And uh, it, who knows, it might've even been a, like something for a, you know, a pet shelter or something. And he was just being funny. Well, this, this chihuahua just starts, barking at him like crazy and, and the and the chihuahua is like two inches from his face uh there's a screen there but the thing is just and wayne 
Wayne's reaching in there to take him out, but every time he reaches his hand in there, the thing is biting him. And so, <laughs> and all he has is white gloves on. He doesn't yeah, have fur right. gloves on. That's right. So he's running around, and you can you can picture this. He's he's running around trying to get this thing out, and he's shaking his head, but he doesn't want to drop the dog on. And so. I, I don't know how he eventually was able to get it, get his hands in there enough to get the thing out and sit down. And then he was, uh, but he said the thing was right in his face, just, just going nuts. <laughs> that is so funny. That is random. I've never heard that story. <laughs> and then uh, another one is um, again, Wayne and I did probably a thousand school shows together together. And so much of what we do now, I learned again from Wayne and, and, um, how to, you know, how to get, get there, set up the equipment, how to interact with um, our contact. And so he and I changed together. I've got a utility trailer um, that we would carry the equipment in, my mat, trampoline. And we just kind of made that as our, our kind of green room. And so as long as it wasn't August, uh, you know, it was October, November, something, we would just go pull that right next to the, to the gym and we'd leave the gym doors open. And that was our changing room when they, you know, call out, welcome Harry and Skyhawk. Boom, we'd come in there and we had our our scripted show. So he and I probably changed together in a trailer like a thousand times. <laughs> so there was one time where we were, uh, I think parked on a little bit of an angle and, uh, uh, he, he wasn't wearing much at this point cause he was changing and he fell back and he, he lost his balance. He fell back and he hit the back door and the back door, fortunately for him w- was locked. But he, he just stood up and he, his eyes were so big because he just knew he was going to fall out the back door. And uh, the, the other door the next to it might have been unlocked, but he just happened to hit that one. And I think students were still loading and I think you know, teachers were out there. And he was like, because oh. you can imagine that'd be a little embarrassing. And, and the Hawks probably would have got some letters for that one. Right. Because he only wears tights anyways, too. Yeah. And then the- <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was a uh- <laughs> <laughs> was a close one. Oh, that's great. Hey, uh, Kirk, I need to take a quick little break for a little shout out here. So hang on one sec. I'm going to take a quick break. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, I want to pause here and tell you a bit more about our sponsor, Alinko Costumes. Alinko is family owned and operated. Their first pro costume was the San Diego Chicken. <laughs> and their first NBA costume was the Phoenix Suns Gorilla. Alinko's history dates back 100 years, and now they make over a 1,000 mascots a year, including high school, college, corporate, and pro teams. Needless to say, they know their stuff. They also stand by their work with the best warranty in the business. I swear I've called Jill at all times of the day, and she always answers. Alinko has earned my business, so I recommend you go where the pros go, alinkocostumes.com. Now, back to this episode. All right, Kirk, we're back. So, okay. Hey, on that okay, note, so, I, think, I think it's Jill's birthday today. If you, I don't know if you saw that. So, Oh, from, from Alinko? Alinko? Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll give a little shout out here to, uh, to Jill. Happy birthday from Alinko Costumes. So <laughs> she's awesome. You know, we all have these, these tender moments and, and the reasons why we, you know, come home at night and, and, and go, you know what, that's why I do that. That's why I do this. That's why I uh, am a mascot. Um, do you have one of those? It's hard to think of one in particular. It's more of a group of them. You know, there's uh, there's tons. And, I have so many. Really is. You know, every time you have a chance to uh, visit someone who is, uh, you know, a, a child fighting for their life. You know, we we've got children's health care of Atlanta here, and you, you know, we would go do events there, and and you know these these are just kids, and you look at these parents, and they're like. 
hey, you know, um, uh, I know everybody says, you know, I, I've had a rough day, but then you look at these kids, but you know, you, you literally look at them and you think, boy, boy, the, the fight that they're in right now. And you just, you're humbled and you're honored to be able to brighten their day a little bit. And, um, you know, you pray for them and you just, uh, you, you hope that their success, their story is a success in the end, but you know, you get a lot of those opportunities to, to go and, and just kind of encourage people. And then, then you get the thanks, you know, you, you'll be leaving. Oh, thanks for coming. That was great. And are like, are you kidding? You know, like, thank you for letting me be a part of it. Yeah. You know, I've asked that question. I don't know how many times to these guys and you know, every single time it is something like that, not, Oh my gosh, I got to shake so-and-so's hand or I got to be on the court or on the field or you know, doing an appearance with this superstar. It's never those things. It's always uh, the tender moments. When I think I we, all, that. we all want purpose. And uh, I think we all started because we thought it looked fun. And it, and it is. And we all loved being a part of a team. And that's great, too. But then, you know, you know, two, three months into it, you're like, am I making a difference? And, and then you go to events like that. And you're like, uh, you know, it kind of confirms in your heart that, Hey, it's it's great to make people laugh and wow them, but it, it really is bigger than than just a than just you know that. So, yeah, always honored to do those things, and um, you know, and schools are a little bit that same way because we you just get to encourage kids to make good decisions, and uh, so well, glad to be doing. Yeah, well put. I love it. Can I tell you about my wife just a little bit more because she's yes, a rock. Absolutely, please. So we uh, let's see. Eleven years ago, when we started this. We had a speaker for us, an MC, great guy, uh, awesome, never late for anything. But he got caught in Atlanta traffic this day. And you can imagine, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's, it's great. And uh, sorry, <laughs> it's great where you're at, too. Uh, you know, uh, so I've, I've been in Atlanta traffic. It's nasty. It's, it's really rough. So so he calls me and he, he said, you know, I'm setting up at the school. And he goes, go ahead and load the kids. I'll be there in about 20 minutes. And. And maybe our show is scheduled to start in 30. So we get uh, get it all set up. My wife has been with me because she's uh, she was a part-time teacher at the time, but they had eliminated all part-time staff that, that year. And so she's just coming and setting up and helping out. And we didn't have any kids yet at the time. And so uh, we get the, the gym loaded full of kids. And my, my MC calls again and he says, hey, I found out there's a wreck at the front of the thing. It's not breaking loose. Uh, I'm not going to be there. And we've got 500 kids in the gym. Jeez. And I'm like, I look at I look at Connie and I said I said honey you're gonna have to MC this show and she's like what, what? like uh, she is really gifted she's got a great voice she taught PE so she's good with kids but she's like you know it's that number one fear for people right is public speaking yeah and she said I can't and I said babe we can't we can't send these kids back to class we'll never work in this in the school or county again you know and so I just kind of pushed her out there and said you, you've got to. And she did it, and so we've been doing eleven years since then. And she is so good; she's she uh, she's kind of the script writer for our shows too. And we we found a niche here. You know, we we get to t- talk about uh, developing character and what that means. We get to talk about uh, being drug free during October Red Ribbon Week. We get to talk about uh, encouraging kids to do great on their tests during the spring. And then, of course, we get to go into churches and um, share a clear a clear gospel presentation. And so we we've really turned into this uh, made it a real family affair we've got two boys now eight and five and uh, we use them in the show some too and so we just really have a blast feel feel honored to do it um and so that's what we do that's amazing i'm so glad you guys 
mesh like that and can work together like that. That's just amazing. And that's everybody's dream is to just have uh, a relationship like that where you can go work together, play together and uh, influence people together and, and things like that. Wow. Yeah. Good for you, man. And, and she sounds amazing. Yeah. She's, she's better than I am for sure. <laughs> uh, it's good that we have good women in our lives, man. Amen to that. You know, if somebody wants to get a hold of you for a show, um, how, how do they do that? Yeah. So you can check our website out. It's gutsy, uh, not gusty, but gutsy, G U T S Y Fox. So gutsyfox.com. Um, it's got all our contact information. Of course we're on social media, you know, Facebook and YouTube and, and Twitter and uh, Instagram, all that stuff. So, but if you go to gutsyfox.com, that'll be a great way to kind of, you know, find all the avenues to get a hold of us. That's great. And I think, uh, you know, what a great story, what a great history you've had and what a great future you're going to have. I totally recommend you and, uh, and your family. You guys are good, good people. And, uh, Thanks, and, and, you know, uh, the, the feeling is mutual. Um, we, we all, uh, think the world of Ken Solomon and, and, um, you know, you set the bar so high and, and, uh, you know, so thanks for letting me be a part of it. Um, I'm a better MC than an interview. I get nervous talking to people. And so, uh, I'm much better in a costume. I don't know about you. <laughs> I tell people all the time, there is a reason why I have gotten paid for years now, since 1982, by the way. That's when I first started. No, but uh, yeah, for 30 years now, I've been getting paid uh, not to speak. So <laughs> this is a real stretch for me. I love doing this podcast. I really do. But I'll tell you what, in costume, though, I feel comfortable in every situation. I can do anything. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just where I feel at home. And so this is a, hopefully another chapter starting for me, but uh, yeah, you keep rocking it down there, man. I I really am proud of you and and happy for you. And and you got a good family and I wish all the best for you. Thanks Ken. Hey, thanks again for having me on. It's, It's been my pleasure. Right on, man. So good catching up with you. Take care. Have a great day. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. All right. See ya. I wake up, flex, I'm down that check. No drip is wet. Tell them run it up. No sleep, no rest. Might crash, might wreck. But first I stretch. Tell